Welcome to the College Simplified Podcast. I'm Darren Williams, an assistant college professor who helps new students transition to the academic expectations and demands of higher education. Let's face it, many students earn the grades but may not truly know how to be a good student in college. Through our conversations, my guests and I will share different aspects of what it takes to be successful and how to navigate the different obstacles in pursuing a college degree. Sometimes just hearing about similar stories can be inspiring and motivational as you create and develop your own path to success. Okay, so Raven, I know you were a student of mine a little while ago, and um, you certainly excelled, and you were very ambitious on learning, <laughs> and that was very apparent, but I wanted you to share a little bit about your story, because you were very self-aware about what you needed to do, what you needed to get done, danger zones, areas you didn't want to, or negative patterns you wanted didn't want to fall into. And you're very disciplined in that way. So I just want you to share a little bit today about what are some of the things that, you know, really worked for you and what are some of the things that maybe you would have done differently as you attended college. So why don't you give a little bit of a background, you know, context on just, you know, what your major is and um, what you plan on doing with that and some of the goals that you have for yourself. Yeah, Absolutely. So right now I am majoring in liberal studies at a, a community college institution. And then the plan for that is to be able to take those credits and transfer over to a four-year university. Um, and again, the end goal there is to be able to go into architecture. But when I left high school, I took a good two or three year gap. And I remember having a lot of things that I was aware of in high school that I didn't want to repeat. So the course that uh, you taught was actually very helpful in just that these are some of the things to be aware of and how to avoid them. Mm -hmm. So carrying that forward, um, one of the things that I really didn't want to fall back into was waiting or procrastinating. Mm -hmm. I don't remember that being something that I was very... Pro, um, Prolific in. <laughs> word that we want to use. <laughs> but one of the things that I've learned about myself is that with ADD, I operate best with the time with an impending timeline. Mm -hmm. So if I'm able to create timelines for myself at different intervals, so if I have a project due at the end of the week, but I make a deadline for myself to have a certain amount of information collected or put together by the halfway point that gets me halfway through the project and not all, not waiting all the way until the project is due to mm -hmm. put everything together. Mm -hmm. That'll also help spur that movement to have the, to start researching things, which will then spark interest, which carries you forward in a more natural way, just to be able to get, to get you started, mm -hmm. which is most more often than not the real the real sticking point for most people at least for myself yeah yeah thanks for sharing that what's your dream job in terms of architect i'm kind of curious about that i really like the um 
I worked in construction for a while and I wanted to be able to help build homes that were specialized for people. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I mentioned earlier, I have ADD. So store, so open-faced storage is huge for me because if I don't see it, frankly, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. I won't use it. It won't get eaten. It won't get used. And I need to be able to have a home where everything is readily available and still within eyesight. Mm -hmm. And there are dozens of other people where, for instance, um, one of the people that I worked with, she had lost her home due to flooding and, but was very community oriented and just in her neighborhood. So she needed to be able to have a space where she was able to sit out and talk with people and have a home that revolved around hosting people and hosting neighbor kids and different um, community members. So she needed an open space and a deck so that way she could have people. Yeah. And I like being able to work with people with that kind of specialized interest. Oh, that's great. That's great. I like that. I like that idea of the open cabinets and, and, and things of that nature so you can see the labels. You said you took the two years off because of the ADHD and you felt like you just didn't want to repeat maybe some of the mistakes or some of the, I shouldn't say mistakes, but maybe some of the difficulties and struggles that you had in previous schooling. Yeah. yeah. So did you find that transition to college particularly hard with ADHD and going in, taking a two-year break or gap, or did it, did you feel like it helped, you know, prepare you a little bit better? I was very scared to go back to school after coming out of high school because I frankly just hated high school. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that did draw me back and the reason I took that two-year break was because I needed to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I didn't know that by high school. I didn't want to be in a situation where I was going to be paying for college college or schooling and with no clear direction. So I took those two years to figure out where do I want to go with life and what do I want to do? Because um, frankly, as a nine, as an 18 or 19 year old high schooler, the question for that, the, the answer for that question is very, is very difficult. You are still a teenager. You are frankly still developing mentally, physically, and settling into a career that you're going to be pursuing is difficult, especially for that that kind of mindset. Yeah. Um, So I left high school, got some, got some just life experience knocked into me. Mm -hmm. And that helped me figure out where is it that I do want to go? Yeah um what what does life look like and how how what would make me happy Mm -hmm. um there are bills that need to be paid there are things that I like to do but I don't necessarily have the means to how am I going to support the lifestyle that I want what's a career that will help me do that and if I like doing one thing what is something that what is a career field I can find that will help me help me accomplish that Mm -hmm. and that's where I landed on architecture where if I liked helping people and creating a space for them that served them, then architecture was where I wanted to be. Um, but coming back to college from that was, because obviously you need to be able to go to college mm-hmm. um, in order to pursue a degree like that, mm-hmm. um, was intimidating because I knew that I had poor study tactics and I knew that I, I remembered what I had gone through through high school. Mm-hmm. The thing about 
coming back to coming back to schooling as an adult is that you do have a clear vision and idea of what it is that you're here to accomplish that you don't really have in high school. You're there to accomplish a degree and escape truancy charges. <laughs> and but college is 100% your choice. Yes. You choose what you want to do. You choose the choice that you want to make, and you accept responsibility for your own success. Yeah. So it, it seems like with that two-year gap, you knew that okay. If I don't know exactly, if I'm not sure about going on for higher ed, why am I going to follow, you know, maybe your peer group was going to school or whatever it may be, but, you know, why would I do the same thing that they're doing just to um, stay in the trends, right? To do the same thing as everyone else, you kind of thought for yourself and said, okay, if I'm not ready, I'm not going to push it. Exactly. Because I didn't want to, I've heard so many stories about people getting I, for instance, I work in retail and several of my coworkers have degrees in either marketing or I have a, I have a retail friend. She, she has a degree in ah, something in the sciences that obviously she worked very hard to achieve, but then got into the career field and figured out number one, this isn't paying for my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And number two, I don't enjoy this as a, as a career. And she yeah. went back to retail because that's where she found joy. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to find myself digging in a $40,000 debt for something that I wasn't going to use or I wasn't going to enjoy. Yeah, that makes sense. That's great. So Raven, now that you're rounding out your college experience and you're getting ready to make that transition into uh, another four-year institution, what is something that you learned about yourself in terms of your own academic skills or your abilities, your work ethic, your motivation? How has that changed now as a college student to when you prior to when you first really started your higher education pursuit? I would say the most important lesson that was learned on my end was just a greater awareness of my capabilities um, and my own limitations or, or places where I excel. So working with ADD, one of the things that I struggled with was procrastination. Um, without having a solid deadline, things just do not get done. So one of the things that One of the tools that I developed to help me with that was create staged deadlines. So if I have two weeks to have an assignment done and then work in the midst of all of that, um, I need to be able to create a deadline for myself to have a rough draft filled out by the end of the first week before I go into my work. And then, so that way when the deadline hits for the next week and we need a final draft, I'm not left with nothing completed, I have something to start off of instead of just trying to scramble from scratch the night of the de- the night that it's due. Alternatively, one of the other things that I struggled with for one of the semesters was creating a work life and school balance. Oh, that's interesting. A lot of students do. So what do you, how did you manage that? that was something where I needed to be able to set firm boundaries. Uh So there could not be a whole lot of bleeding in between. Um, 
for instance, I work now Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I have those three days created specifically so that I can go make money and get work done, which works because I work in retail. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is going to change depending on if somebody's already working in nine to five, somebody needs to be in the office, et cetera. But the boundary that that was left for me was I had those three days to get my work done and make money. And then I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to be able to attend classes, get schoolwork done. And in the midst of that, also have my life balance where I can spend the morning with my husband doing breakfast and have the evenings with him still doing movies and date nights and being able to foster my per own personal relationships. Um, because with the addition of school, I found that I was chewing out too much of my own personal time. So it's a matter of being able to balance your coursework, your, um, your personal life, and then also your work balance. That's interesting. Um, so I, I do experience a lot of students really struggling with that. They come into college and they really, you know, many of the students are working or students that are working and are trying to balance how do I spend all this time with my studying, but then I'm also working 20, 30, 40 hours a week, whatever it may be. How can I do it? And there it, it's possible depending on how many credits you're taking and how many hours you're working, but it really comes down to discipline. So you said you made sure it didn't bleed into each other. Can you just tell us what, what kind of parameters did you set up? Was it when you were working, it was all work. And then when you were not working, you dedicated all that to your own personal lives. Or could you share a little bit more about that? Sure. So if there were assignments, for instance, if I have an assignment that would be due Friday night, I need to get that done Thursday because mm -hmm. Friday is the day that is dedicated for me for work. So that deadline becomes shifted forward by one day. So that way I can spend Friday focused entirely on that one segment instead of having my schoolwork bleed into my work life. Because mm -hmm. if I do that, that's going to create an environment for me where I'm in my work day, but I'm stressed and anxious about something that I have to go home and get, do, get done by a certain time of night. Mm -hmm. Or um, if I have too much on my workload at work, and I'm finding clients reaching out to me during my workday, then that's something where I need to be able to reach out to my coworker and say, hey, listen, I need you to pick up this client for me, um, which isn't typically a problem, at least in my area of work, because that means that they're picking up the sales and the commission then from that client. Um, but that also, that means that I need to be able to create boundaries where if I'm at, if it's a school day for me, but I'm getting reached, but I find myself needing to do work, then I need to be able to shift something off. Or if I am at school, then my phone needs to be silenced so that way I'm not getting distracted by, and this is something that most people are pretty, pretty well aware of, I'm not being distracted by outside influence by friends trying to get in contact with me or that one thing that I was thinking about doing tonight with someone or et cetera. And it's just being able to create those boundaries where if I'm at work, I'm focused solely on work and not school or hanging out with friends that night. Or if I am taking time and carving time out for myself, I'm not going to be stressed about what client is reaching out to me or what assignment do I have due 
and you know, setting up those kinds of interpersonal boundaries with myself so that way I am able to be fully present in what I'm doing. That's fantastic. And you said that you, with the ADD, you felt like this was very important and imperative for you to do to compartmentalize and make sure that you can have one thing at a time to focus on and then be done with it, so to speak, right? Right. So that was very interesting because that kind of uh, supports your point with the creating stage deadlines. I really like that. So you have these, we know they're staged because they're not the official deadline, but you are, how do you, what would you share to a student to say, okay, I understand the concept of stage deadlines that um, we're going to set this deadline for ourselves, but I truly know that's not the actual deadline. What do you say to a student that kind of experiences something like that? That was something I had to, I had to face the consequences of myself for a while. That was a lot of learning for me is just ramming my head into the same wall and figuring out, yeah, this is something I need to be able to climb over instead of just trying to plow through it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> because that, that boundary is there. So that way for my own success, and it's not something that I'm trying to uh, appease others with. It's something that is there specifically for myself. So it's, as far as somebody else trying to pick up that skill, it might take, it might take a while. And it might take a minute of recognizing that if you don't plan ahead and you have that assignment due Friday night, but you have a full day planned of either being at work or going out for drinks with friends. And then you recognizing when you get home, oh, I procrastinated on this assignment. It is now 11 o'clock because yeah. I went out for dinner <laughs> and I have an hour to get this five page essay done because I didn't stage my deadlines. Yeah. And that was exactly the process that I had to go through um, because some things you just have to learn by trial and error. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like it's a, it comes with practice. So when you Certainly. kind of do it, you know, maybe when you're first starting out as a college student, you're still, you're not maybe as successful with this kind of technique, but as time goes on, I always tell students you're different as a freshman than you are as a junior than you are as a senior. You're a completely different student. So maybe with practice and you develop um, and become a more experienced and seasoned student, you're more consistent with following through with the created, you know, with the stage deadlines and, and so forth. So it's really start early, right? Start early and start creating yes. those deadlines for yourself so that you can get in the routine of actually following through with them. Absolutely. And this isn't something that applies strictly to schoolwork either. If I have, for instance, I was a maid of honor with for my friend this past weekend. So now there are different things after the wedding that need to get done. For instance, there are bouquets that need to be preserved. There are, there was a cleaning party that needed to be organized. Um, but it's something where I need to be able to create those deadlines for myself or those person, those personal um connections aren't going to be fulfilled or I'm not going to take initiative for my friendships. And so I need to make sure that I'm being intentional with when I'm getting things done, either if it is with my workload or if it is with my personal life or what, it, what happens to be most common is with school, mm -hmm. just because you need that added discipline to be able to get things finished. 
You know, you spoke the magic word there. It's something I've been saying lately, and I'm holding myself accountable for it too, but it's uh, intentional. You have to be intentional. You can't kind of do it. I kind of want to do it. I sort of want to do it. You have to be completely intentional about it if you're going to see any results. So I like that. So let me ask you this. What is something you wish you would have known as a student before you attended college? Maybe even something even academically related. What is something that you wish, oh, you know what? I wish this was a skill that I knew prior to college, or I wish I would have developed this a little bit better prior to entering college. Now we talked about the stage deadlines and maybe it's a continuation of that, but is there anything else? Study methods or time management or just preparation for tests or anything of that sort? I know, speaking for myself, if things if things aren't where I can see them, mm-hmm. they do not exist. So, and that will mean as far as being intentional um, in personal life, that'll mean scheduling things with friends and putting them on a calendar so that they don't get forgotten or placing reminders around myself that like, hey, reach out to this person or for school specifically, it means when I get an assignment due, it goes on the calendar. So that way it doesn't get missed or it doesn't fall into the cracks. If there are, if they hand out a schedule, which will happen more often than not of the assignments that are going to be put out, then put take the time and just go through that entire packet or page or web browser, I don't know. Um, (laughs) and just put all of those items into the calendar because as soon as you see them they become tangible deadlines so you can go oh I know how to plan for this I know how to arrange my weekend I know how to those items aren't going to be forgotten because now they're out in the open where I can see them and be reminded of them Um, you you mentioned that on the previous podcast on part one that um you, you said the same thing that if you don't see it, then it just doesn't exist to you. you I think we yeah. used the, you were uh, sharing about like groceries and things of that <laughs> and, and stuff. So how do you do that? So you have assignments, papers, quizzes, tests, whatever it may be, any sort of assessment. What do you do to make sure that it's visible that you can see it? Do you use sticky notes? Is it all electronic? Notepad? I use sticky notes. Okay. It's... This was especially hard for my asynchronous courses um, just because there was no physical I'm in class and there's an assignment board that I can see. Oh, yeah, that's right. I need to get them done by Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Um, So it would be whenever um, an assignment gets brought up, I would I would have a sticky note on my desk, a sticky notepad on my desk. I would write it on the sticky note and then I would put it underneath the monitor. So that way I have a row of all of my assignments and all in the order for which I got them and I can pull them off. And that also has the really uh, satisfying effect of I finish this assignment, I get to yank the, the sticky note off, crumple it up and throw it in the trash can, it's done with. Yeah. And it, it's the same idea of just having physical reminders. For me, it's sticky notes. For somebody else, it might be a whiteboard or um, I know people who write on their desks. Ah. Or even we'll use, I have a friend, she will keep eyeliner, like waterproof eyeliner around her. And that way when she finds something like, oh yeah. And then she'll, she has an armful of just <laughs> eyeliner on her arm of just, hey, don't forget to stop at Walmart after work. Or this assignment is due on Monday. Don't forget. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're speaking my language because as we're doing this podcast, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have two monitors and eight yellow sticky notes just staring at (laughs) But you really um, spoke to a really point when you said a good point when you said um, that when you complete the task, it is liberating to say, okay, I'm done with it, you know, and to take it down. And it's like a way of just kind of symbolizing like it, the mission has been completed. It is done. That's fantastic. I think that would really help folks that really struggle with kind of, you know, having to see assignments and needing those reminders. And you were sharing too about ADD, you know, how that could really, really help someone to say, okay, I got to make these reminders. So what would you say to someone that would say that struggles with ADD or, or doesn't and says, you know what, I can just go online and check the assignments. I don't, you know, like, I, I mean, I can see it by going online. What's the problem? What, what sort of issue would you see with that? More power to you, but are you going to remember to go online? Yeah, yeah. Are you going to remember where to find the specific browser or tab that you have all those assignments saved on? Yeah. Or there are discussion boards that need to be completed every week. Yep. And because of that, there is no outlined reminder that it needs to get done. because it's something that's expected for you to do every Monday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that's where I find having that in the calendar really helps just so that way, again, it doesn't get forgotten or even a lot of them that could be done on your phone because they have um, most colleges will have an app Yeah. Um, that you can access your coursework through. Yeah. Um, so if you if you are a person who does not have ADD and you find yourself like, well, this I don't know that this really applies to me, then that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is too, it's making me, you were making me think about it. Like when you turn off your computer, you kind of turn off too. But if the sticky notes are up, they're a constant reminder. It's like the, exactly. the, the computer's off, but it's staring you in your face every time you sit down at that desk. So that's fantastic. So do you use a paper calendar or an electronic calendar or both? I will use an electronic electronic calendar because what is the what is the one thing that will consistently follow you day to day that you will almost always have on your person? Cell phone. Yup. <laughs> so if it's something where if uh, paper calendars, they are, they work great for some people as a physical reminder of like, this is where I can find those dates mm-hmm. for, I find myself, it's not, I will lose it because I will take it off the wall and so write something down and it'll stay there and it'll get buried under notebooks. Um, mm-hmm. But this is the one thing that I, that my cell phone is the one thing that will always continue to fall back to or my computer monitor is what I look at every single day. So that way I can go through my Pinterest boards or <laughs> or write my essays or attend my asynchronous courses. Well, not asynchronous, but my synchronous online courses. It's where are you going to continue to default to? If that for you is by your front door or if you are a person who regularly uses calendar, a paper calendar, then that's awesome. But the part that gets tricky about that is when you try to integrate something into your pre-existing system um, that wasn't there before to, as a reminder for something you might typically forget, you're going to forget that system. 
because it doesn't it doesn't affect your day-to-day life on a way where your system was already set so it's always about and everybody's system is going to be different so you're gonna see things online about just follow these nine hacks the problem is everybody lives differently so there are people who might not use a cell phone there are people who might not have a set desktop maybe they have a laptop where they don't have monitors um so it is always a matter of where do you where do you find yourself looking where do you spend your time what is it finding creative add is really good for finding creative solutions where is it that you end up where seeing those reminders would help and would be intuitive for you yeah yeah that's an excellent point that's a fantastic point you know whether it's paper and i like how you said that there's always these hacks and solutions and quick fixes and stuff but you know it depends on the person, their experience, their struggles, everybody's unique in that regard. So some of it may help, you know, some more than others, but you really have to find out And what I'm hearing from you, what works for you. And then once you start, and that takes a process in itself. And once you do that, find and you find success, then you have to be consistent about it. So, and that's where that discipline comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Do you you have any sort of routine? So when you say calendars, you have an electronic calendar on your phone or um, check it on your computer. Do you have a routine that you follow each? You uh, kind of referring to each morning. Do you? I I have my breakfast and then I check everything on my schedule. Is there a routine that you do at all? I would say really that's more for personal care than anything. Uh Anything beyond. There is. For instance, if I take a medication that requires food, so that means I I wake up, I wash my face, I eat, I take that medication, and then I brush my teeth, and then I'm set and ready to go for the day. And then the next thing is, what is on our calendar for today? Where do we need to be by when? What do I need to get done by this time? And this is this is something I really wish was discussed more because having having ADD is really just it's it's figuring out how to how to detangle your own yarn ball um a, a system I was using for a long time was when so if the first place I go to in the morning is into the bathroom if there's something I need to remember to do throughout the day I'll take a soap bar and I'll write on the mirror Oh. I know people who use like expo markers, but so far is what I had closest by. And I never remembered to bring an expo marker into the, into the bathroom because who does that? <laughs> and that's how I would remember like, oh, hey, by the way, mom wants you to vacuum today. Don't forget. Mm-hmm. And or any other such reminders. But I think really that falls back again onto finding your own creative solutions. Um, because people, I, I can tell you what my solutions are and I can walk you through what any of my hacks might be, but your yarn ball is going to be different than mine. Yeah. So on a case by case basis, yeah, untangling is different for every yarn ball. Yeah. Um, and you just have to figure out the ties and knots of your own. Well said, very well said. Um, and again, it reinforces the point that you're unique as an individual, you're unique in your learning, and you really have to start finding those principles and discipline and techniques that work for you and then continue to reinforce them. So that was well said. I really appreciate that. Thank you for listening. 
Outward in Learning is an educational platform of specialized courses and academic coaching geared to help students better prepare for the often stressful and overwhelming transition to college. Develop the necessary skills and mindset needed to be successful in college and take full advantage of your academic experience.